Recording in progress. This uh, Shabbat is Shabbat Agadol, the great Shabbat. And uh, the Haftorah for the Shabbat of Shabbat Agadol is the last chapter of the Novi Malachi. Malachi is the last Novi, that the, the last prophet, so to speak, that the Jewish people had because the era of prophecy ends at the beginning uh, years of the Second Temple. The Second Temple was missing uh, five things that existed in First Temple times. One of them was prophecy. So we go from an era of prophecy to an era of relying upon a rational thought and scholarship. We go to an era of the development of the oral law of Torah Shabalpeh and of having to deal with uh, complicated situations in life without the benefit of being able to go to a prophet. Now, uh, the innate desire of human beings for prophecy <clears throat> is uh, well known to all of us. And even when we know that people are not prophets, we nevertheless go to them for advice. Even though they, like all human beings, do not have a perfect record. But we want to know the future. We want to know what will be. Now that's true in finances. That's true in uh, personal relationships. In choices of career and profession. We want to know what, you know, tell me. When I was uh, in the yeshiva... So, uh, for some reason, all the uh, experts in the yeshiva were convinced that if you became an engineer, that was going to be your ticket for life. So everybody took engineering courses, uh, which proved to be almost worthless, except that you gained some knowledge of something because the world changed and uh, different uh, fields opened 
So the drive to uh, be a prophet always exists. But this is the last chapter of prophecy from the Novi Malachi. Now to show you how vague the situation is, there are, who is the prophet Malachi? We would think it would be clear to us who the last prophet that appeared for Israel was. But there are different opinions that are registered for us in the Talmud. And uh, no conclusion is given to us. There's an opinion that it was uh, Ezra, the great leader of the Jewish people, uh, the man that really set the process of the study of the oral law into motion. Our rabbis say, Ilmole nitna Torah al yedei Moshe, nitna al yedei Ezra. That if the Torah would not have been given by Moshe Rabbeinu for whatever reason, God had a substitute. He could have given it through Ezra. Ezra's like the second Moshe. So there is this opinion that the Novi Malachi is Ezra. So let's hold on to that for a minute. There's a second opinion that the Novi Malachi is Mordechai of the story of Purim. And that uh, he was invested with the uh, spirit of prophecy and that he is uh, the author of the book of Malachi. Malachi means my messenger, Amalach Sheli. The third opinion is that it's neither of them. It was a great Jew who was a prophet and his name was Malachi. And he is the author of uh, these last three chapters of prophecy uh, that concluded the era of prophecy amongst the Jewish people. So uh, all of was in the Talmud when we have these types of discussions. Uh, what are they arguing about? In other words, uh, all three can't be right. If it was Mordechai, it wasn't Ezra. If it was Ezra, it wasn't Malachi. And you mean to tell me that uh, the... Uh, The rabbis remembered all the minutiae of uh, Jewish law, but they couldn't remember who Malachi was. So that's an issue that we find throughout the Mishnah and the Talmud. 
when rabbis disagree about what we consider be factual matters. In the, the lingo of the yeshivas, there is a machloket in mitziut. There's a difference of opinion in the reality of the matter. There's a difference of opinion as to what happened. There's a famous piece uh, uh, by uh, many of the great uh, scholars of Israel, and it remains amongst the Hasidic masters until today, especially the late Lubavitcher Rebbe uh, emphasized it over and over again, that the, the, the rabbis never argued about facts. When you see this type of a discussion, they are discussing something deeper, uh, more uh, basic than the fact itself. Because in the long run of history, what difference does it make to us whether it was Ezra or Mordechai or Malachi? The difference only is what was said, what the prophecy was. And so to speak, the author is uh, secondary uh, nature, uh, if that at all. And we have this throughout Tanakh, if you think about it. The Gemara says, for instance, tomorrow's hero is going to be the prophet Elijah, because he appears in the Haftorah. So the Gemara says, Pinchas Pinchas, the zealot that killed Zimri, and that the Lord uh, intervened on his behalf to make him a Kohen, and eventually Pinchas became the Kohen Godel, the time of the Shoftim. He's really a Leona. He's a Leona. He lived a thousand years, eight hundred years. Then, if he was a Leona, why didn't Leo call himself Pindus? And throughout the Talmud, we have such phrases. So-and-so is so-and-so. But obviously it cannot be taken literally that so-and-so is so-and-so. So in uh, Kabbalistic thought, which is something that we usually don't, don't delve into in the, within the four walls of this uh, congregation. But in Kabbalistic thought, there's ideas of uh, resurrection. Uh, there's ideas of uh, that the soul uh, migrates again and inhabits a different body. What we call Gilgulim. So that the soul of Pinchas invested 
the body of Elio. And that's what Chazal mean when they say Pinchazu Elio. However, uh, if we go outside the realm of such uh, a viewpoint, we don't deal with uh, reincarnation and these ideas. So then, uh, what do we say, Pinchas Uelio? So all of the great thinkers of Israel uh, offer their opinions. And the main opinion, which is the majority opinion, is that the nature and personality of Pinchas, Elio adopted it. Elio is a clone of Pinchas. He's not Pinchas in actuality, because Pinchas has long ago gone to his eternal reward. But Elio is a clone of him, because Elio also is a zealot. Elio also can't bear to witness uh, evil and injustice. Elio is a strong person. And therefore, that's what it means, Pinchazu Elio. That the traits of Pinchas can be found in later generations in Elio Anovi. So that uh, when the rabbi said Pinchas is Elio, they didn't want you to take that literally, because literally it doesn't happen. And they didn't want to get involved in ideas of reincarnation. Now, uh, this is just an aside, but reincarnation is a comforting thing because it explains a lot of the inexplicable things in life. Why did a righteous suffer? Because in a different life he wasn't so righteous. Why do evil people prosper? Because in a different life he wasn't an evil person. And the uh, idea of uh, tragedy in life, the young people, God forbid, pass away, a terrorist attack that kills people at random. If you take the idea of reincarnation to its ultimate uh, end, then nothing is ever at random. You just don't know the whole story for the last few thousand years. But if we uh, don't follow that path, so then we have to say that when the rabbis say so-and-so is so-and-so, they don't mean that literally. They mean that the traits and personality and worldview of so-and-so were adopted in a later generation by a different so-and-so. So therefore, when the rabbis said, it's Ezra, 
they didn't mean that Malachi is Ezra, because Ezra is Ezra and Malachi is Malachi. And if the Novi wanted us to know that it was Ezra, he would have called himself Ezra. He would have said Dvar Hashem Ezra instead of saying Dvar Hashem Malachi. But what is meant here is that the greatness of Malachi as being the last prophet of Israel is the fact that he was a clone of Ezra. And Ezra is the supreme leader of the Jewish people. Ezra is tolerant. Ezra saves the Shabbat. Ezra forces intermarriage to end. Ezra introduces the great study of the oral law on Mass that the masses should study it. Ezra is full of great accomplishments. And he has this broad view of uh, the Jewish people. And Ezra is the one that leads the Jewish people back to the land of Israel. He is the one that, uh, together with Nehemiah, stands fast against the internal and external enemies of the Jewish people in the time of the return to Zion during the beginning of the Second Temple. You have to realize what a terrible time it was for the Jews there. We suffer too, but... uh, we're talking about a time when the, the Samaritans, the Shomronim, claimed they're the real Jews. And they claim that they're entitled to the land of Israel. And they have great influence with the Babylonian and later the Persian government who control uh, the land. And they uh, are successful in aborting the building of the temple for a period of time. Ezra has to fight them. So he has this external fight, and then he has an internal fight. All the stores in Jerusalem are open on the Sabbath. And somehow he closes them. You know, uh, all of the uh, major issues that exist today in the Jewish world are old ones. There are no new ones. And uh, I think that if one has a perspective uh, such as that, we're able to see it in the long run. So uh, we are more uh, optimistic about our future And we are also uh, more confident that somehow things will resolve themselves. Ezra did not give us the formula how he closed the stores on the Sabbath. Nor did he give us the formula how he was able to convince the Jewish people no longer to intermarry. Nor did he give us the formula of how they 
converted those who married and kept them within the Jewish people. This is a mystery to us. But he, after Moses, he's the greatest. He's the one. So therefore, when the opinion is said that Malachi is Ezra, it means that Malachi is a clone of Ezra. That's what he's trying to do. In his role as a prophet, he's trying to lead the people the way Ezra was able to lead them in terms of mundane and political leadership. Now there are different types of prophets. There are prophets that, so to speak, are practical, hands-on, tell you what to do. And then there are prophets that have great prophetic visions about the world that is yet to come. So that's a different kind of a prophet. So when we say that uh, Malachi is Ezra, we're talking about a this prophet, Malachi, what he says is the way that Ezra did it. He learned from Ezra. Because we'll see Malachi complains about intermarriage. Malachi complains about Shabbat. Malachi complains about many, many things that, that, that are that were the problem at the beginning of the Second Commonwealth and that are the problems today in our third attempt here in Eretz Israel. Jews are funny. A week ago, the main issue was uh, you know, that the um, Minister of Health wants to introduce Chomets into the hospitals on Pesach, as though that's the problem. That's what's facing us. But he's an ideologue. He's from Merits. He's an ideologue. Anything that to break down the public observance of Halacha, that's what he's for. What doesn't appear in the news today or probably next week either anymore. Because there are other worse things that have happened to us. So, some say he's Ezra. Some say he's Mordechai. Mordechai deals with the outside world. Mordechai and Mishnah Lamelech Achash Veroz. He's a political figure, not a religious figure, in the sense that Ezra is. So Malachi is Mordechai. Because in the beginning of the second temple, the prophecies that he makes, 
have to deal with the fact that we are living in a hostile world. And in a hostile world, there are great dangers. And how do we deal with those dangers? We live in a world of Rosh rules. And therefore, his task, Malachi, is to do what Mordechai did. Preserve the Jewish people physically. Then, so to speak, we'll worry about the spirit. If, God forbid, there are no Jews, you don't have to worry about Judaism. That's pretty elementary, though. That's a lesson that somehow escapes many people. So, therefore, Mordechai is uh, Malachi. And Malachi is Mordechai. Not that they're the same person. It seems clear that Mordechai uh, didn't live in the land of Israel, even though the Gemara mentions him as a member of the Sanhedrin. That the Sanhedrin was in... uh, Syria and uh, Iraq as well, not only in Israel. So uh, he uh, he has a different role than Ezra, completely different role. So what did Malachi come to do? So the one that says that Malachi is Ezra, they came to do what Ezra was going to do, and, and the one that says there was Mordechai, no, he was going to take care of her, he was going to be the Sarachutz, he was going to be the foreign minister, he was going to take care of us in the United Nations. It's interesting that uh, this week uh, the Israeli ambassador to the United Nations is holding a Pesach Seder for uh, all of the other ambassadors of the other countries of those who choose to come. But he's got like 80, something like that coming. And uh, Rabbi Goldfist is going to conduct the Seder. That's just thrown in for no reason. And then there are those that say that Malachi is Malachi. Not not a clone of anyone. He's a prophet. He comes to say prophecy. And in effect, this opinion is that you need an Ezra and you need a Mordechai, but you still need a Malachi. You can't lump them as one... Because those are different tasks.